morning and welcome to this, the third episode of the Buell Early Childhood Leaders podcast series. My name is John Denzler, and this month, like every month, we bring you stories from around the state of Colorado, from early childhood professionals, leaders in their field, and from individuals working on the front lines to provide access to early childhood education around our state. Each month we pick a topic, interview leaders in the field around those topics, and bring you those stories to help you better connect and understand the active conversations in early childhood education around the state of Colorado. This month we are focusing on Pyramid Plus, an inclusive framework designed to provide teachers skills and resources to help them work with challenging behaviors in the classroom. While I'll let our guests tell you more what this looks like in practice, I do want to explain some of the key language that we use throughout the podcast. The pyramid framework itself is a national movement or a national conversation about challenging behaviors. The pyramid plus model, on the other hand, is a Colorado specific framework, which builds upon national conversations and works to provide a Colorado specific focus. Both of these terms will be used throughout our podcast. And it's key to remember that pyramid plus is Colorado's unique take on a pyramid framework, which is itself a national conversation. This week on our podcast, we feature Elizabeth Lowe, the Summit County Early Head Start and Head Start Director, Brahman Levy, the Certification Coordinator with the Colorado Center for Social Emotional Competence and Inclusion, and Mary Estrada, the Coach and Behavioral Health Manager at CPCD, also known as the Community Partnership for Childhood Development. Mary and Elizabeth joined us this week via Skype. To kick off today's podcast, we start with a really simple question. What is Pyramid Plus? Here's Elizabeth. I think uh, maybe a one sentence on the Pyramid Plus approach is building a system that promotes the social and emotional well-being of all children, birth to five, is really our goal. So the pyramid, if you can kind of visualize a pyramid, it's sort of, there's sort of three levels. There's that bottom part of the pyramid, which um, it's implementing practices that are good for all kids. So having really strong, healthy relationships, safe environments, well-trained staff, that would be what you'd want for for all children. Um, And whether or not they're at home with their parents, whether they're um, in a child care setting, um, participating in some kind of home visitation program, that's really the goal for all, all young children. And then as you kind of move up that pyramid, you're starting to look at some more specific strategies in supporting children's optimal growth. So things like having routines, having um, a schedule, having, um, um, if it's a child care program or home visitation, having a research-based curriculum that's going to really support and adhere to um, what's best for child development. And then at the top part of the pyramid, there are interventions and strategies in helping to address kids that still have persistent challenging behaviors. So even though some of the phone calls and concerns come up when people are feeling stressed out because um, a child may be exhibiting challenging behaviors that they can't figure out how to address, um, the pyramid is really based on the idea if you have a really strong foundation and those bottom two tiers are pretty well established, you're going to reduce the number of challenging behaviors that you see. Here's Mary. Well, um, we selected Pyramid Plus about a decade ago um, because of its emphasis on prevention and promotion. So as an organization, we're really interested in um, reaching all children, not just those children with identified mental health needs. 
So, so Pyramid Plus is a universal approach that reaches all children. We provide screenings, um, social-emotional screening to all of our children, and we provide social-emotional curricula that's research-based to all of our children, um, promoting social-emotional wellness. And then we also prevent behavioral issues, um, using the Pyramid Plus approach, um, that, that foundational level of relationship and environment. At the heart of the Pyramid Plus model are tools and techniques, skills to help teachers deal with challenging behaviors, a term you've heard a couple of times already in our podcast. And while we'll dive deeper into challenging behaviors, at this point we can understand that challenging behaviors are atypical reactions to social situations in the classroom, or in fact something that may be detrimental to the relationship between a teacher and a student, or the student and education in the classroom as a whole. Pyramid Plus works to keep those students in the classroom, and one of the things that really came out from our interviews is the very dedication of the teachers to keep students in the classroom as a core focus and a core factor of implementing the Pyramid Plus framework. Here's Robin. I really, uh, in having worked with a staff of like 25 teachers and, and infants and toddlers all the way through an after school program in a community preschool setting, there were always the the ideas of, oh, this child is acting out and parents might get upset and you have to do something and and you know the the whole concept of expulsion um, was something that came up frequently, um, especially when you're in a private for-profit situation. And expulsion was just something I was not willing to do. If a child was having a problem, we were going to figure out what the problem was as a staff, as a team. Um, I worked hard as a director to find the resources in the community necessary to support what we were trying to achieve with the child and the family. Um, tried to bring those resources to the staff and it, I just, I wasn't about the expulsion thing. It, if a child was acting out, there was something going on. This child needed something that we weren't aware of and we weren't supplying for him or for her. Um, so policy-wise, process-wise, there was no such thing as expulsion in my mind. In addition to that, it was always really looking at knowing when you have 25 teachers working with you and for you and for your families and you think about professional development for them and, and what they ask you for and what they want and they need, it was always, I need to know how to handle this child or I need to know how to handle that child. And systemically, I, I always wanted a process for how to handle and find out what all children need individually. And I didn't find that when I was a director. It wasn't until afterwards with the pyramid. It was like, this is the process. It's an overarching process to find out what children need, whether it's a, a gap in something, a skill they need to learn or a support that they need to have in order for them to be successful. But I didn't know how to do that at the time. There, it was always getting into the story of the individual child and not having an evidence-based process for what do I do to figure out how to find what this child and this family needs. And Pyramid gave me that. 
after the fact as a director. So now it's like my goal that I want people to understand there are supports out there for these children that have challenging behaviors, special needs, and it's not, um, the science is there. It's not rocket science. It's us being aware that it's there and that if we do it in the way that it was meant to be done, it changes everything. Here's Elizabeth. Uh, pyramid trainings actually spend some time uh, talking to professionals and parents like, what is a challenging behavior? Because it's going to be seen differently by different um, professionals and parents. So what's a hot button to me might not be a hot button to you. Um, I might be perfectly fine if a kid's yelling all day, whereas uh, volume for some people can really be a trigger in terms of that drives them crazy. Um, I think what's commonly cited as challenging behaviors and programs would be, you know, like hitting or biting, um, maybe climbing on furniture. Um, gosh, there's a whole long list. And it, and it can vary uh, person to person what is, is kind of a, a breaker or, you know, is going to push them, push the adult kind of to a brink of like, I can't deal with this. So I, so that's a little bit of a wishy-washy answer in that challenging behaviors can be, can vary. So it's basically what is a trigger for the adult. And a big part of the Pyramid Plus work is then um, for adults being really aware of what their triggers are. Like, wow, I, I just want kids to sit down in a neat circle. <laughs> well, one, maybe that's not developmentally appropriate, but knowing that about yourself, like knowing what, um, what is going to be a challenge for you. So first that awareness, and then if it is a challenging behavior that, that you and um, other adults kind of agree on and, and this behavior, um, you know, like let's say it is hitting, well, that's going to impact their relationship with peers as well, right? So their friends in school may not really want to play with them if every time they try to engage in play, somebody's hitting them. That's not really very fun. So... So looking at that behavior, looking at when it happens, what's the trigger for the kiddo, and then helping that child learn some replacement skills. So if I want to go to play with blocks with other kids in my class, if I don't know how to interact socially, um, maybe I'm going to hit them because I've seen like my older brother do it, or I just don't know what to do. So for that child, what the teacher and the other adults in that child's life would want to do is come up with um, skills and behaviors that are going to replace hitting. So they may, what they'll need to do is work with that kiddo on teaching some really direct skills around play. And, you know, we kind of think, well, kids just know how to play. <laughs> they know how to get along with one another. But that's not always the case. It's not always the case for adults, right? So we know that the earlier we can kind of address some of these social behaviors and some of these challenges that, that other um, adults or children in that child's life find to be challenging, that we can help that child be more successful. Another key focus of Pyramid Plus in the early childhood classroom is the emphasis that it places upon the relationship between the teacher and the student, identifying that that relationship is key to building other relationships in the classroom. Pyramid Plus asks teachers to look at their own relationship in the classroom to students, which is very different than many other models, which might ask 
how the student is relating to the teacher. This focus on the teacher to student relationship allows Pyramid Plus to give a unique and different insight into how the classroom is functioning and how to best support the student's individual needs in that classroom. Here's Mary. We at CPCD, we believe that everyone thrives within a relationship. You know, if you don't feel like somebody knows you, cares about you, takes the time to get to know you, um, believes that you have the potential for success, um, if you don't know all of those things, it's it's very hard to relax, take risks, open up your brain to learning. And, and when I say that, I'm speaking not only of, of our very young children who come into the classroom um, and need to know they're important, but also their parents and also our classroom teachers. We all, I believe, learn best when we believe that somebody knows us, cares about us, and believes in our potential. And so that's, that's just our bottom line for success. And, and so... As I said earlier, when when we have a child in a classroom who is not successful, who is demonstrating challenging behaviors, it's always our responsibility to, um, what I say, go down to the foundation of the pyramid, which is relationships. Because so often, um, challenging behaviors impact relationships. And what that looks like is children feel like they can't be successful or their child feels like no one likes him. Elizabeth? I think the terminology that we use a lot is it's an approach or a framework. And so there's different trainings targeted to different groups. There are parent trainings. So um, parents can go to a training and learn some skills. Um, Again, on building a relationship, how to support play with their child, how to introduce um, emotional vocabulary to help um, the child be able to uh, communicate better um, what's going on. And then also, when those real challenges come up, and I would say all parents have those, so whether it's bedtime, time brushing teeth, um, sitting at the table for a meal, uh, playing with siblings, I mean, all parents are going to experience some of these challenging behaviors um, and and need to have strategies to address them. And I think that's another thing, kind of like we assume kids know how to get along with one another. We kind of assume parents just know what to do when these things come up. So the parenting trainings um, give the parents some of those skills. Um, The other trainings that I was talking about in the community, we've had some folks go through a trainer certification process. So these folks provide trainings to professionals, and I would define that as folks working in child care or preschool programs, but it also, um, in Summit, it has included, um, we've had folks from public health attend, we've had some home visitors attend, we've actually had some um, mental health therapists attend, again, just to go through and provide strategies for those professionals, so if they're working Um, directly with the children, or if they're a professional that's working more directly with the parents, they have some go-to tools that are research-based and strategies to help support the success of that child. Mary? It's it's bottom line key to our success. 
And I think um, I think that's why the pyramid approach is is so remarkably powerful because um, classroom teachers have their hands full. They're busy. They're juggling a million things at one time, and and so it's very easy and it's human nature for all of us to focus on what a child is doing wrong. If a child would just follow the routine or would just, you know, follow directions, then everything would be hunky-dory. And really, the Pyramid Plus approach says, nope, that's not how we're going to look at things. We're going to start looking at relationship and we're going to look at behavior as a form of communication. And it's um, it's not the child's job to change their behavior. It's our job as adults to believe that that child can be successful and to um, collect enough data that we understand the meaning of the child's behavior and we know what skill to teach that child. So the onus is really on the adult to change the relationship and the environment versus the child to change themselves. Um, and, and so, yes, that's key. And um, it allows children to be successful. It allows parents to be successful. It allows classroom teachers to be successful. We're, we're focusing on success rather than problem. What we talked about at the beginning of the podcast today is that pyramid or the pyramid framework in general is a national conversation that individual states, communities, school districts across the board have implemented or adapted to fit their own needs. Pyramid Plus is Colorado's specific local framework. What we want to do now in the podcast is identify, number one, what is the difference between the two? Or two, what is Colorado doing uniquely to help meet the needs of students in the early childhood classroom around the state of Colorado? Here's Robin. Here in Colorado, we have the Pyramid Plus approach, which is a little bit different from the pyramid modules and, and the Cephal and Taxi pyramid work, the, the original pyramid work. Um, so there's a little bit of a distinction and when Colorado was a pyramid state uh, for years uh, when all of the original work was going on we also were a special quest state and special quest is a evidence-based model on inclusive practices and when the state of Colorado put out an RFP, which the Pyramid Plus Center actually got here at UCD, the original idea was that the creators of that RFP wanted the original pyramid modules and inclusive practices to come together somehow. Um, once you, the University of Colorado at Denver won the RFP and started doing the work, um, their idea, this concept, was to actually embed inclusive practices into the content of the Cephal Pyramid modules. So we ended up with everything that is in the Cephal modules, the infant and toddler Cephal modules, which are two different four-day trainings according to um, the Cephal, the original way of doing it. We put it on a developmental continuum. So it's one training, it's 18 sessions or 45 hours, and the inclusive practices are embedded into it. But the difference is that we chunked it for mm, three hour sessions so that people can manipulate it a little bit better for training. 
and we really did embed all of those inclusive practices all the way up and down the framework of the pyramid. But it is a framework. People have their own um, data collection systems that this pyramid framework aligns with perfectly. Um, any curriculum can be used, social-emotional curriculums, certainly, as well as others. Um, but it's a framework, it, it's a way of doing things, and it really focuses on teacher practice. That's the crux of what we're looking at. Um, so it's how teachers present information to children and how they read and respond the cues that children are giving back so they know if they need to differentiate their practice, if the child's getting it or not. And then as you move from the bottom of the pyramid, we, we look to teach universally for all children. As you move towards the middle part of the pyramid, you can target for the needs of some children and still teach universally or teach a little bit more individualized or a combination of both. When we move up to the very top of the pyramid, we're getting to the three to five percent who really need more support that for whatever reason, they aren't understanding what they need to understand and able to show their um, friendship skills or their emotional literacy. And, and it truly needs to be greatly individualized to meet their specific learning needs. Here's Elizabeth. The other piece that I think is unique um, in Colorado with the Pyramid Plus is that partnership with Special Quest and that the philosophy and the approach is really helping programs and professionals think um, more inclusive in terms of when we say we're, we want to support the social-emotional health, the mental health of young children. We're, we're talking about typically developing children, but also children um, that might have additional special needs. So we're not saying, oh, well, those kids need a different service. We're saying, nope, they can all um, be together and we can be implementing these strategies. It's going to be beneficial for, for all kids. Um, so I think that philosophy is unique um, and that it's very um, big picture and thinking, how do we really help all kids? And knowing that all kids um, are going to have their special needs, um, whether or not it's a, a diagnosed medical um, special need. You know, every, every child's going to be unique and have kind of those nuances that a teacher or a parent's going to have to figure out how to work with. And also knowing, like, not all four-year-olds are going to be able to do exactly what all, quote-unquote, four-year-olds can do. So far in this podcast, we've talked about or listened to conversations about the theory behind Pyramid Plus or some of the core values of Pyramid Plus and what it really offers to teachers and students in the classroom. What we want to do to finish off the podcast today is give you some examples or give you some stories from the classroom of what this looks like in practice. Robin. So if you have um, a classroom and you're coming in and you're teaching uh, the friendship skill of, let's say, tap and eye contact, say a name, and ask a question. So it's really helping children, in this example, learn to get their friend's attention before they want to ask.
ask them something. Mm -hmm. You could teach that in a large group time to all of the children. You could do it with puppets. You could role play between two co-teachers. You could ask two children to come up and role play and, and guide them and support them. And then all of the children have the benefit of learning. Sometimes you might have a couple of children who need an extra step. They get really excited and they stop. They can't remember to stop and, and, and do that. So you might build in a few cues for that child. Um, maybe it's like uh, a, a certain kind of a touch or your proximity that's giving you the opportunity to individualize just a little bit for that added layer of what that particular child needs to remember to do the strategy. Maybe it's something a little bit more specific even still where you have to put it in a social story and really create a storybook about the steps and read it with that child a number of times to help them remember and embed that strategy so that they can generalize it to different situations. But for some children, they need even more than that. Some children still aren't going to be able to do it. And when they get up to the top, you have to determine what the function of their behavior is. What is the reason that they're not able to do it? Or what is the reason that they're acting out instead? What are they needing? What are they looking for? And then you would take the strategy of the tap and ask and perhaps change it um, or you would set up things that happen before that in order to really engage the child and give very specific positive praise in a way that really engages the child after that because we know that that teacher response to what they do is so, so important. So when you get to the top of the pyramid, you're looking at the things that predict the challenging behaviors or the inability to use those strategies and helping set the child up for success beforehand, then you're doing the strategy in whatever way you might need to modify it. And then you're really looking at that adult response afterwards to make sure you're kind of closing the loop. And that becomes the process for how you work to help the child. And all of this is gauged by data. You're, you're collecting pre-data on what's going on and post-data so that you know if what your intention is, is working. Mm -hmm. It's also a team aspect. When you get up to the top of the pyramid, you're really working with a team of people. You're gathering a lot of data beforehand, and then the team, including the parents, come up with what's going to happen. How are we going to differentiate? What are the parents' goals for this child and which things should we really focus on more? So when you get to the top part of the pyramid, it, it's, um, it's good that it's only 3 to 5% that typically get up there because it's a very involved process of figuring out where's the disconnect, what does that child need, mm -hmm. involving the family and helping to create the plan, the positive behavior support plan, mm -hmm. and then everybody in all of the different areas um, making sure that they're acting in a very similar way according to the plan in order to support that behavior. Here's Mary. I was coaching, using the Pyramid Plus coaching approach with one of our classroom teachers who's been with our organization for many, many years, and she's considered to be one of our, our best teachers. And, um, you know, so, so this is a teacher who... Um, 
has all of her um, foundational classroom management supports in place. She's a highly skilled teacher. However, she had a new student who was really just not um, being successful in the classroom following the classroom strategies. And this little girl was coming into the classroom and um, not following directions and not following the classroom routine and um, basically um, causing a lot of distraction for this teacher. And she found that her classroom was not running as efficiently as it used to. And she was really frustrated with this little girl. And so um, in, in my coaching with this teacher, I worked with the teacher on an activity called the hot button activity, which really um, very gently leads a teacher through looking at um, her own emotional reaction to a behavior. And all of us um, have different behaviors that push our buttons. And this particular little girl pushed this particular classroom teacher's buttons. And so just, you know, walking through this activity and helping this teacher become aware that this child not following directions was really um, kind of getting under her skin, just that awareness and the support um, that the coaching approach provides helped her to um, sort of let go of her irritation with this child. And so now that this classroom teacher is aware that this little little girl is pushing her buttons, now we can sort of implement a strategy to help both the teacher be successful and the child be successful. So we implemented a really powerful Pyramid Plus technique called the five-to-one approach. And basically what we did was we flooded this little girl with positive attention. So... Our approach was that when the little girl walked in the classroom, our classroom teacher um, would, would implement the five-to-one approach one time every hour. And the way that we made that concrete so that this teacher um, could keep track of her, her skill was that she would put five jewels, little marbles, in her left-hand pants pocket. And when the little girl came in the classroom, she would... Um, tell this little girl five positive comments. And so every time she told this little girl a positive comment, she would take one of these marbles from her left pocket and put it into her right. And, and that's how she knew that she was implementing five. And so what that looked like was... Um, you know, oh, you came to school today and you're you're wearing your Mickey Mouse shoes. Look at you. And she'd move a marble to her right pocket. Um, and then she might say, you are washing your hands so thoroughly. You know, way to go. Your hands are so clean. And she'd move another marble. So in other words, she's looking for opportunities to catch this little girl doing the right thing and looking for opportunities to notice this child in a positive way. And she's measuring that using these marbles. And um, so she worked on this technique, this five-to-one technique, for two or three days. And that's all it took 
for this little girl's behavior to completely turn around because now she knows that she has a relationship with her classroom teacher and she knows that her classroom teacher notices her and um, makes note of her success. And those behaviors absolutely disappeared. Robin. This is so much an effort in empowering teachers, empowering programs as a whole, empowering communities um, right up and all the way through. And the other thing about the work that we're doing is that in addition to it um, being a framework in the classroom that matches to whatever curriculum might be used, it does the same thing at the state level in that there are so many different social emotional supports available in the state of Colorado that are wonderful, outstanding supports. Mm -hmm. um, and the Pyramid Plus trainers and coaches complement and align with those. So we could talk about mental health consultation. We can talk about the mental health centers and, and non-clinical mental health consultants and specialists. Um, we can really think about um, Teaching Strategies Gold as a assessment tool, uh, ongoing authentic assessment tool where data from Pyramid could be captured in that tool. So we're really intentional in helping folks figure out how to use these evidence-based strategies in a way that connects with what they're already doing. Because again, as a director for 10 years, I get it. I, I know that this comes down the pike and then this comes down the pike and you have to do PDIS and then Colorado shines and then there's all of these uh, different uh, competencies and, and um, credentials and there's so many things going on. We've really worked very hard to make this align and fit into all of that as well. So we try and make it a win, win, win by being connected at all levels from the classroom up to the state systems so that um, it, it really, of course, in my mind, it's a no-brainer, <laughs> um, but it's a huge commitment and, and we know that too. And we really are um, very transparent in letting folks know to get to full fidelity implementation where you're looking at approximately three to five years mm -hmm. um, and that it's hard work there's no quick fix that um, you are going to have to look at some of your policies as well thank you again for listening to this month's episode of the buell early childhood leaders podcast series we hope you enjoyed our conversation today about Pyramid Plus. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, you want to learn more about Pyramid Plus, you want to connect with our guests, please give us an email at becklinpodcast, that's B-E-C-L-N, podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing back from you. We look forward to hearing your feedback. We look forward to hearing from you about what stories you want us to be telling on this podcast. Why do you listen? How do you listen? Where do you listen? Thanks again for checking us out this week and have a great rest of your week.